0: The show that lifts the voice of love from orgasms to superpowers and everything in between. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Sex, Love, and Superpowers podcast show. I am your host Tatiana Berende, and today I have with me a very special guest who has been on a show before, but it was like way back. She was one of she was like the third guest or something. Um, so we're talking with Laura Leila Santorino today. And we are going to be discussing womb losses, grief, and the spirit realm. So those of you who listen to this show know we are not afraid to talk about things that other people are not talking about. And today is one of those days we are digging in. Um, Let me tell you a little bit more about Layla before we get started, though. So Laura Layla Santorino is a seasoned healer, priestess, and guide dedicated to transformation and evolutionary growth. She has 40 years working with individuals, couples, and groups using multiple modalities including somatic bodywork, energy work, guided visualization, birth repatterning, and earth-based shamanic practices. Her focus on womb wellness includes her teachings around ceremonial menstruation and ancestral healing in addition to conscious baby and family making and honoring the losses of our wombs. Laura's experience and knowledge, combined with her ability to hold sacred space, make her sessions and courses relevant on the personal and global levels. She is a world bridger dedicated to the now and future generations. Welcome to the show again. Yay. Thank you so much, Tatiana. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy to have you here. Yeah. Uh, so, before we dive in, you want to give our listeners a taste of your superpowers? Well, I'm definitely
1: a womb whisperer. (laughs) That is Mm -hmm. for sure. I am listening to wombs and spirits and really really this world bridger role i've really embraced that that title of like walking in multiple dimensions and have had the grace in my life to have right livelihood where i can be awakened in my psychic and spiritual powers and have that be part of the work i do and the way i live i feel really really blessed for having connections to both the seen and the unseen realm and having spent my life being in like making those relationships, you know, whether that's the trees and the water or whether that's my ancestors that have crossed over or other spiritual energies or the cosmos itself. I feel really blessed to know that like what's in front of me isn't all there is. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well said. (laughs) Mm -hmm. There's a lot more than what we can pick up with our five senses, that's Mm -hmm. for sure.
1: Yeah.
0: So I thought maybe before we, you know, dive in, obviously this is like an intense topic that can go in a lot of different directions. And it's not one that we talk about very often in our culture. Um, I so I thought that it would be a good thing to maybe set up like what we're talking about when we're talking about losses of the womb.
1: Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really really glad you're saying that because I do think there's ways that there's the obvious losses that are more, you know, connected to the physical realm. So miscarriages, stillborn, abortions, there's putting a child up for adoption, there's surrogates. There's also the losses of our womb itself you know hysterectomies cancers other surgeries and procedures there's d- childbirth which is a whole big experience and you know ever since ever both women and children have been dying in childbirth mm-hmm. and they these things are intergenerational so part of understanding womb loss is that we may be carrying the imprint of a story from our mother's womb or our grandmother's womb. These may be stories that have been told or that haven't been told. And then on top of that, there's all of the like emotional losses and losses in our psyche and our identity because the culture, we have so much identity, whether that was ever since I was a little girl, me saying, I'm going to have two kids or whether it's just the the status of like being a mother has a certain, it ha- comes with a certain value and a certain role or whether I've just had this longing to be a mother. So the women that don't get to be mothers, yeah. there's a whole emotional loss and identity loss that happens with that. There's the confusions that happen at Empty Nest where we have become so identified with being a mother that when we don't have children at home, we really don't know who we are. And then there's the things that happen in childbirth where like your birth goes some other way and there's very deep ways that we can feel like a failure. um, If things happen and we don't feel totally a choice, like any of those things that I've already named You know, if you've had any kind of a procedure or including childbirth, there may be these mixtures of feelings of violation that have happened. Um, And then there's the realms of of more traumas, you know, sexual traumas, rapes and things like that, where we may not have lost like our womb, but we may have lost connection with our female power and the power of our womb. And then that includes all the realms around birth control and women that aren't even bleeding. So they have no connection to their own rhythm and their own cycle and how the female body works as a cyclical being and all of the connections to that um, that can create so much disconnection. And again, these feelings of, of loss, disempowerment, failure, confusion so when i talk about these losses and even these the grieving of these things which we hardly make room for um it's there's a really broad it's it's a wide you know the basket is large it's huge that, that can <laughs> hold that can hold all of these things and i want to say one other thing is with the infertility yeah Like so many women, like on such a journey, women and men couples on such a journey to make a baby, and now we have all the assisted fertilization and all of those things, which essentially set you up for miscarriages that are generally unheld emotionally so it's it's it 's profound how much is happening
0: it's it 's so much you know it's it 's fascinating to me because i this was exactly what was coming up in session with a client that I had yesterday, you know, it was, it was exactly this conversation around the loss of connection with, with our, our wombs and, and the, you know, this really is as women, this is the seat of our power. And yet you look around at what's happening culturally right now. And most of the focus around, you know, menstruation, it's like, you want to get rid of your period, right? It's this horrible curse that comes every month that you just want to wish away. And yet, so so you so you take all of these chemicals and you know, you put all this these hormones in your body to make it go away, and then you want to have a baby. And and, and it's like and then you have trouble having a baby. Like the at some point in the chain we have to acknowledge. And then not to mention all of that what you said before of like this generational piece of you know grief that we may be carrying forward that we're not even aware of i mean there's so so many layers to this but i think it really like the healing really starts with first acknowledging and naming and then be beginning to find a way of honoring this sacred vessel that we get to be carriers of
1: absolutely Absolutely. That's partly why I'm creating this course and this ongoing things. It's really significant to, to really like everything you just said about the cycle. Cause not only the chemicals like taking birth control and mothers putting daughters on birth control, like there's all the nuances of how that connects in with like being afraid of sex and sex just being around procreation and the beginning of us, like being afraid of getting pregnant, and then we want to get pregnant. Like so many layers
0: of confusion. It's, yeah, right? know, it's, just, it's, it's like, like how so does many... our body register these messages? We're like, okay, don't get pregnant, don't get pregnant, don't get pregnant. And then it's like, oh no, wait, no, now I want to get pregnant. And then it's like, why aren't you getting pregnant? Yeah. yeah. Totally. Like, <laughs> and so, <whoa. laughs>
1: Yeah, I did a little. I did a little, kind of a little talk about this not too long ago we called it baby no baby baby no baby baby no you know and and so and then the depth of you know like how far back do you have to go to find an unwanted pregnancy in your own life or in your mother's life or in your grandparents life or getting pregnant out of wedlock Oh my God. Yeah. There's so know, much. All of these kind of things that, that are, those are the layers of like shame and disconnection yeah. that we keep recreating. Yeah. Like in my own life, um, I don't have any children. I ended three pregnancies, and they were
0: all at the very same ages that my mother was pregnant. You know. So, okay, so so happens, I want to um, I want to give space for 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 this conversation. I don't want to have to yes. you know, but I do. We do have to go to a break. So okay. so, but, um, let's go to break, and then we're going to dive deep because there's yes. there's a lot to talk about here. So before the break, exciting. will you tell our listeners where they can go to find out more about you and your work? Yes.
1: Yes, you can go to the
0: A-R-T-E-M-I-S, A R T E M I S
1: theartemiswoman.com. And you can also search for me under wombwellness.us. But the Artemis Woman is really awake and Laura Layla Santorino on Facebook. And you'll find my course there honoring the losses of the womb that's starting in October and the We'll have some ongoing things with that in particular and then preparing for conscious baby making and the conscious conception work, really Beautiful. excited work.
0: Thank you so much. So we're talking with Laura Layla Centurino about womb losses, grief, and the spirit realm. So much good stuff when we get back. So please, please, please stay tuned. your personal power and unlock your superpowers if you are ready to use your superpowers to change the world then join the superpower net today visit superpowerexperts.com slash the net to learn more okay so right before we went to break you were sharing about how you had three pregnancies and they were all at the same time of life that your mother was pregnant but you terminated all of them or how did tell us yes. this story.
1: Yes, yes I did. I am um, I got pregnant at 19, which is when my mother was pregnant and then 22 and 24. And and I have seen this pattern. I mean, once I became aware of it in myself in my 20s, I've seen this pattern with clients, you know, people that have had between their, you know, birth children and miscarriages. go like oh wow that's the same amount of pregnancies that your mom had and we'll start tracking it and so like what are the ways that the womb you know it's just very very potent like I just want to really presence even as we begin to talk about this kind of my own you know bowing down in awe of the womb as a portal and the womb as an interdimensional space not only a place where like a spirit could get a body to come to earth but a multi-dimensional space that we as women and womb carriers are holding this place. And these are more kind of the, the menstrual mystery teachings that I walk with around like what's happening there and who and what are we carrying in our womb at any given time and the potency of our bleeding cycle to really tend to our womb and use that um, that bleeding, the death phase of that cycle. And so, um, as I was younger in my 20s, I was with a man who was absolutely a soulmate, you know, really magical. And he didn't think he could even get pregnant. And next thing you knew, we were pregnant. And I was like, okay, we're totally in love. And then he flipped out. And I want to really mark this because getting pregnant is a big deal for men. Yeah. And we just don't talk about that. And that will be one of my next courses. It's going mm-hmm. to be for couples that have conceived and haven't conceived. And mm-hmm. this is a whole nother big topic of people that have children and the ways that the women and the children and the fathers are or are not relating, ways that can be very very painful and so i have these conversations with men have you ever conceived or do you think you've conceived and you can feel how deep it is for them you have to sit in the silence for a little while for them to feel that and oftentimes they can't find the words but um but it's there you know and so So in that first pregnancy, he flipped out, which is what happens for a lot of men because their provider comes online, their protector. And with that comes, oh my gosh, I'm going to completely lose my freedom or I'm not going to be able to provide and a lot of fear. And I feel like that's a whole nother realm where men really need the support to say yes to becoming a father. Um, so he, he flipped out and so I like ate all these herbs because <laughs> I, I was all like vegetarian, vegan. I was really healthy and way right into it. So I was like, you know trying to eat all these cohoshes wrapped in rice paper because I didn't even there weren't even vegetarian, you know, vegetarian capsules back oh then. <laughs> you know, it was horrible. It didn't work. Um, I ended up having a procedure the community at the time that we were part of, it was actually like really beautiful. I lived back East. We went down to the Jersey shore and they like had flowers for me. And they, it was like really, really beautiful, beautiful honoring, you know, really beautiful honoring. And then two years later, I'm pregnant again, kind of out of the blue really. And we were tracking my cycle and stuff. So it was kind of odd with the same man. With the same man. All three of them were with the same man. Wow. So it's like a a huge karmic contract. And then the next time I was just like, no way. I was like dancing and running a juice bar and a health food store. And I was like, there's no way I'm going to become a mother right now. And like just detour off of that. And I really didn't even hardly give him a choice, but and i have processed that i mean all of these things happened in my 20s i'm about to be 58 next week and i literally have processed these things you know for 38 years mm. you know because as as we move through time these things are precious jewels of teachings and experience yeah. and the facets that become accessible as we move through time and our perspective and our consciousness evolves, we can begin to understand from all different facets. And that second second abortion was something that I really, that I really um, in ceremony really made some amends for because I could see the way that had that child been born that she may, I believe they were all girls, that she may have been raised by the, by the, the friends I was living with, that she mm-hmm. may have become like, like a different kind of village child and had a different purpose. Mm-hmm. But also, we definitely didn't have those skill sets in place as a village, so I don't know how long that would have lasted, right? And then he and I were breaking up, and I got pregnant, again and there was a chance it could have been another man's child because i was having i was also being lovers with another man who was part of our like kind of pod of people but i believe that it was his but you know i i have mixed stuff so this third pregnancy first off i didn't know i was pregnant initially because i was spotting and I thought I had like a yeast infection because my smell was a little different. And so I was like, you know, putting garlic up there and doing all this stuff. Um, But it turned the second month, I was like, something's going on. And I took a pregnancy test and and at that point i started being in very very deep communication with this spirit mm-hmm. and i was living in in uh, up near new paltz new york kind of near woodstock new york and i was going out on hikes and having like very interdimensional experiences i was called to do a lot of like laying on the earth and talking with the inner earth beings and the stone people, and I was just really deeply connected with this spirit. And she and I were just really in this dance. And then, as the second month progressed, I was like, What is really going to happen here? You know, I mean, it was really my first month of awareness because I hadn't known. And that was really incredible. So, in that time, like, he wasn't really available to talk about it. Um, he was like, I'm going to try to get pregnant with this other woman. And I was like, I'm over here pregnant, and you're telling me this. It was like a whole warp that happened. I had an aunt who couldn't get pregnant, who at the same time was going to Chile to adopt a kid. Wow. And I was like, Should I put this child up for adoption? Then I became aware of all this shame which was my mother's shame because before I was born, my mother had gotten pregnant and put a child up for adoption. Mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden I had all this shame around like I could never be pregnant and not be married um, with my grandmother. You know, my grandparents all came from Italy. I was like, I guess I could go to California And I could be pregnant and have a baby out there, all this stuff, which back then I didn't realize like how intergenerational, like how that whole layer was my mother's layer of shame and confusion, Mm -hmm. not mine. So anyway, I'm kind of swirling around in this. And then in the end, I'm like, no, I couldn't, it would be just too painful to be with this man who I've loved so much and who's clearly a soulmate to be with his child, for us to be disconnected. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to terminate this pregnancy. And I go to have a procedure and they're like, whoa, you're almost three months pregnant. Like You need to get put under. And I was like, no way. I, I got into this with my eyes open and I'm going to get out of it with my eyes open. And this beautiful angel nurse sat with me and held my hand through the whole thing. And it was, it was, you know, kind of, it was pretty intense. My mother knew I was going and the other man who I had also started being lovers with, he went with me. And then, and then afterwards I went back to my mother's house and I rested. Definitely wasn't as beautiful as my first welcoming and community. And then shortly after that, I moved back out to California. And then within that very first weeks, probably, of me coming back out. So within a month after having had that procedure and leaving to come out to California, the man I had started being lovers with called me up and said, hey, you need to go get tested. I realize I have chlamydia. Hmm. So that spotting that I had was probably my body dealing with having an STD. And I could have never been pregnant. I mean, imagine if I had kept that pregnancy and I would have been four or five months pregnant, realizing that I had chlamydia. Now,
0: tell us. I actually don't know what effects chlamydia
1: has on a on an unborn child. I'm not totally sure right now. I mean, I can't. I didn't actually look it up. For me, it was this confirmation of like this child didn't need to be like. I actually don't know the exact effects, but I don't think having any STD while you're pregnant is really good. <laughs> <laughs> you know for me it was like then it was like okay whoa this whole thing was was something else that was happening and at that time I was still grieving and kind of, you know being in connection to the spirit I had talked with her and told her what was happening and and then fast forward a year and I go see this woman who's a clairvoyant and I walk in and she's like, "Oh wow, there's a spirit baby around you." And I burst into tears, and I'm like, "I know who that is. you know that's my daughter and she's like, "Oh, well, she really wants to be connected with you. She's like, "You two have a lot to do together, but she can't you can't hear her, and she can't talk to you because you have this un unresolved grief, you know." And so I cried, and then that woman, back then, and I was probably 24, 25, you know, shared with me something that's become absolutely my experience and the premise for some of my work around um, miscarriages and abortions and stillborns and, and any pregnancies that terminate kind of by choice or by a spirit choice. She was like, "There' are souls that are coming to the planet. They're souls that are evolving. You know, they might become what we would say, like maybe they're going to become a guardian angel. Or my commitment to the planet as I evolve in my consciousness is that I can be an angel or I can be a guardian and I don't have to actually walk on the surface of the earth. But I might need to redo a certain phase of the pregnancy, I might need to just touch in with this particular soul you know i might have a soul contract with this being which i had a soul contract and so i refer to all of those all of those pregnancies all of those conceptions i refer to them as my spirit daughters and they have come to me and particularly that that last that last daughter just came to me recently in a ceremony she came And I hadn't really been in touch with her for a while, but I had just written out the Honoring the Losses of Our Wombs course. So, of course, she showed up. She showed up in a ceremony and was like, I'm here to celebrate my 33rd birthday with you. Mm. And she came and, like, in the ceremony, she was like, you know, really deeply honoring me as mother. And so that was very profound because. You know, I'm an auntie to a lot of people. I'm kind of a chosen grandmother to some children. But she was like, you're a mother, you know, look at the ways that you treated us with so much respect. And so over the course of these years at various times, I've been in communication with that spirit daughter in particular. And it was very clear to me that she did not need to
0: be born onto the earth to do her work. So this is like, this is a fascinating topic for me because um, I've received, you know, I've done a lot of work around the womb and and our cycles and, but also motherhood and and childbearing. I mean, my background is in midwifery and worked as a doula for years. And I remember being in ceremony um, many, many years ago with one of my first teachers who was... um, uh yuishin from the shuar tribe down in ecuador in the deep amazon and um and i was in ceremony with him and, and it was a it was a medicine ceremony and I, I remember the medicine was showing me this portal that i had in my body in this womb and and how sacred it was and and it was it, i remember seeing this giant woman made of starlight <laughs> and she was pouring starlight into my womb and around my womb and, and and through my womb and it was like this is a this is a portal this is a cleansing place um, and this is this is a spirit home and you get the honor of carrying this in your body um and I remember asking him the next morning, and, you know, I was sharing my experience with him and he, you know, his English was horrible, um, but he was very clear to me. He said, yes, this is someone else's house mm. and, and you need to take care.
1: You need, mm. to, you need
0: to take care because this is someone else's house. And so, I mean, what he was really saying was like, this is, and, and he said, you know, whether someone ever comes to inhabit that home or not, this is a spirit house that you're holding in your body and you need to tend to it. You need to give it reverence and honor and treat your body as if you are carrying because you are a spirit house around with you. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I had my experience at Sundance that I shared in the red tent for our listeners, um, Leila and I just recently reconnected at a, at a red tent ceremony where women were sharing their birth stories. and. Um, And I'm currently pregnant and I I was sharing how, you know, when I was pregnant with my first child, um, I was pregnant and then I went to Sundance and I miscarried at Sundance, um, but I didn't acknowledge it as a miscarriage. And so I ended up going super late into my, I got pregnant again right away after that with my daughter. Um, But I remember when I was bleeding at the dance, I knew in my heart that it was a miscarriage, but I didn't. I didn't acknowledge it um, because of all the prayers that were happening in the community and everything um, rallying support around me. But I remember the medicine man coming to my tent at one point and sharing with me exactly what this woman was saying to you. And he how he was like, you know, sometimes these souls come through and they don't actually need to go through the entire gestation period. They don't need to be born. Mm-hmm. They have a little bit of work that they have to do and then they go.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And and sometimes they come back and sometimes they don't. I'm pretty convinced at this point that the the one that I'm carrying in my womb right now is the same one. Yeah. Just because of the way that story played out where, you know, I didn't go back to Sundance for eight years and then my husband and I decide we're ready to get pregnant again and we decide to go back to Sundance and then I show up at Sundance, and I'm exactly as far along as I was when I miscarried and the baby has the same due date. So I'm like, you know, I think this is the same same spirit, Um, but I just, I think it's a, it's a, an aspect of the conversation that most of the time gets left out. You know, when we have, when we have a conversation about, especially about abortion, it's, it's, you know, either you're pro-choice or you're pro-life, but no one is talking about what's happening in the spirit realm.
1: Yeah. Um, And I I think it's so important because what I'm seeing also in the work that I'm doing with people also coming, like couples coming who are pregnant and they're trying to figure out which way are we going. And so one of the things that I work with them on is this, realizing like what, like, irregardless of what, like, you're going to choose or or even if they just had a miscarriage like that, like that you know destiny or fate somehow chose i try to really slow it down and go wow what is the communication right like there is a communion that happened like this egg this sperm and this this soul or this will to live communed. And, you know, they now know that over 50% of fertilized eggs don't implant. So, you know, there's lots and lots of pregnancies and miscarriages and things that just, you know, that heavy period you had out of the blue, right? you know, and so you know, in the periprenatal work that I've also studied and that I'm really deep diving into right now, you know, the the actual will force that has to happen for an egg to implant, like even for a moment or a month, like there's there's spiritual forces that are happening right there, mm-hmm. and why are they happening? What is the teaching? What is the invitation? What is the inspiration? And so part of the work that I do around the cycles is to really, you know, cause most of us were like, I want to get pregnant. I want to have a baby. I want to be a mother. Those are all three very different things. And so that's one of the other pieces that I hold for women, you know, cause I may want to be pregnant, but I may not be fully a choice about being a mother. Right. Yeah. I may want to have a baby, but I may not want to be a mother. And so, what are the ways that there are things in our psyche and ways that we haven't kind of grown ourselves up and sat at the gate of these rites of passage to be fully a choice? Like, what are the ways that our own psyche hasn't ripened to bring a pregnancy all the way forward? And what are the ways that the souls are coming to help ripen us so that we can? sit in our fullness, you know, so that we can think about things more deeply than we than our culture is holding space for. And then what are the gifts that that that, you know, if we want to call it a soul or a spirit, that energy that came, what gifts did they receive? Because also in the work I'm doing lately, I'm very aware that I feel like souls are touching into earth and going back to the other realm so that the souls can prepare that they're touching and going what's happening on the surface of the earth right now i'm an awakened being or a being on the path of awakening and i want to come back to earth what do i need to do to prepare in the spirit realm before I come back, so let me touch in to this earth realm and the emotional body that's happening here, and the political and the cultural and the energy here. But I don't—I'm not ready to be born. But we have an agreement. I believe that any pregnancy for the man or the woman—that that is a karmic agreement and a soul contract and that the soul is also touching in in order to go back and prepare spiritually in the invisible realm so that they can come back into this realm and stay awake and be more
0: prepared.
1: So that's a really nuanced, different perspective.
0: Yeah, and and I just just want to take a moment for anyone who's listening to this and has experienced um, miscarriage that has been very painful, has experienced infertility, Um, and I just want to, I just want to acknowledge the grief that is there and that this conversation and what we're talking about, it might, it might feel like, there's almost a, a lightness around it, or 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 a flippancy around how we're talking about some of these things, and and I just want to honor and acknowledge that this conversation is—it's almost like post the grief work. You know, you you have to move through the grief work to be able to to fully uh, go where we're going in this conversation right now,
1: right? Absolutely. Because if you're
0: still in that in that seat of deep grief, um, that's okay. And that that's a really important place to, to be and to work through um, and to move through so that you can start. And, and some of these concepts can can help that work and, and support that work. But I just wanted I just wanted to take a moment to give some space for that. Um, yes, yes. Because that's I real mean.
1: too. That is very real. And I just want to, you know, in the spirit of that, I really consciously call down a container of love and acceptance and loving kindness and gentleness. Gentleness is so needed for us to be kind and gentle to ourselves, to take a breath and yes, offering everything we've already shared as like an outer layer of context and possible container, but that in the inner realm of being with this, especially miscarriage, especially if you've been, going through you know a reproductive journey and then you lose the baby it's
0: it's so deep it's so deep well and it can be really hard for someone who's gone through that journey to then hear people talk about abortion right to yes. to hear someone just say how how ready and easily they terminated a pregnancy when there are so many women who have such a hard time getting pregnant you know i want to create space for that too because that's that's also a real thing and i you know i had a, a a friend on the show many many uh, it was the last year at some point um, that the title of that show was defining what is sacred. And we were talking about miscarriage and abortion. And, you know, we were talking about how even with abortion there can be grief that happens. She and I Absolutely. Have both experienced abortions. And yet, you know, when you, there aren't really spaces for women who've had abortions to grieve, there are spaces, there are empty arms groups for women who've had miscarriages or stillborn babies. Um, but it those groups, in her experience, what she was sharing was, you know, when she went looking for support and a place where she could be in her grief around her abortion, um, they, they were not willing to allow her into the space where there were women who had had miscarriages mm. and stillborn mm. babies because, because of how challenging it is to hold both of those together. And yet, I think that when we can take a more expanded view and when we can look at like what, what we were talking about, where these souls, they, there's something else going on. There's so much more going on than just our personal experience and, and our quote unquote choice. I mean, it really begs the question, like how much of this is us in choice and how much of this is a relationship with this other soul and this other being. Um, you know, and I don't know, know that either of us or anyone really has a complete answer to that. I think mm-hmm. anyone who claims to have that answer is probably not totally in, in integrity because we are living inside of a great mystery. Um, and, yeah. and there's, there's just so much that we don't know. And I think if, if you co- you've come away from this conversation with nothing else, um, you know, that, that, there's, you can at least expand your view to, to see that there is more going on here than just like, like what Layla was saying at the beginning, there's more than what we're just seeing or perceiving with our, with our five senses. There's a lot going on here. And so when we're talking about souls coming in and inhabiting our bodies for however short a period of time, I mean, that's, there's there's just a, there's other stuff happening.
1: <laughs> yes, and it's so profound. You know, it's so important to for me. A part of the work is is really the restoration of the sacred, restoration of the womb as a sacred spirit house, as you were sharing. Restoration of motherhood as a spiritual and like as a whole life path. Uh, restoration of our awe at the mysteries of conception. And it's one of the things that, as as a woman is doing the grief work um, around a pregnancy loss, again whether that's by choice or by destiny, um, that that it's so in, so important to go, like go deeply into that grief and that sense of loss, and partly. You know, what has been emergent for me as someone walking this path and offering teachings along the sacred blood mystery path is that it's truly those initiations of the birth and the death mysteries
0: yeah. that
1: become the foundation of true female power. Yes. And it's, it's not fairy, just
0: about birth. And I think it's, that it's like we've cut out half of the cycle yes in our culture like yeah. focus yeah. all on the birth and we don't we don't talk about how sacred the death is too and how important a part of our human experience and our soul's evolutionary experience the death is yeah. like the we death live in a is a part of it
1: exactly and we live in a death phobic culture whether that has to do with aging or how you look especially for women there's a lot of pressure to never get old
0: well yeah and and in it ties in
1: with aging and so just you know and even the wanting to disappear my period and just take exactly. birth control pills you know because That's that, that the is phase. the death cycle yes. and so it's really critical to you know in that grief, to realize that that grief generally emerges at a death gate, and whether that's grieving empty nest, whether that's grieving a pregnancy, whether that's grieving my youth, whether that's grieving the forests or the oceans—you know—we have a lot of things to grieve right now, and and I think that you know, especially as women and those of us who would be the beginning, you know, that we you know, we are the grievers in a way, you know, more so than the men, like the female and the you know, the sensitive bodies. Because um, well, we're carrying
0: it inside of our body. We're carrying it inside we, you know, of we us. can't we let's let's acknowledge that. You yeah. know, like there's all this, you know, stereotype around women being emotional. I mean the whole hysteria, you know, comes from the the root word is, you know, around the womb, right? But it's like, well, we're we're the ones who are actually experiencing this directly in our body. We're the ones who have we carry life and we carry death. Yeah, and we need and to I, start acknowledging exactly. both of those, and, and then being, able to, yeah, being yeah. able to
1: grieve. Yeah, being able
0: to grieve because our world needs us to grieve. Because yes. if we're
1: not grieving, then we're we're shutting ourselves off, and and it's it's like the ability to grieve the ability to love, the ability to, you know, and grief has many stages, including anger, including rage, including, you know, disbelief. So, you know, if you're someone who has had a loss and you're feeling slightly numb, like going into some of the places where we end up disempowered and this is where, like, this is where it's confusing, let's say, after you have a baby where your birth didn't go the way you wanted, or maybe you tore or got cut, or you ended up with a C-section, and now you're recovering from a major surgery. Like There are things to grieve right here, but it feels contradictory because you're like, oh my God, well, but I have my baby. Well, right? because everyone, everyone around, around you, you is like,
0: it? well, the baby's healthy. Exactly. The baby's
1: fine. What's exactly. wrong with you? It? Yeah, but we have to find the places and the spaces to go into that grief and through the grief to the gift and the jewel and then the strength that we have, the courage that we have to feel that deeply because when we keep like not feeling that deeply, we can't feel the joy as deeply right. either. That's right. So it's really, it's so deep to important the grief and the grief of our lives. And then the other piece is, Honoring conception, and it's kind of goal oriented. I'm trying to have a baby, I'm trying to become a mother, I want to have a mm-hmm. kid, or I lost my baby, or I don't want to be a mother, so I terminated a pregnancy, or this isn't the right conditions, or I was raped. You know, there's lots of reasons why women have to terminate pregnancies by choice. Um, but what about the fact that you were pregnant? And this is the other part of the work because someone, I mean, including myself, although that last, that last, you know, pregnancy that I had, I got very clear and I said, whoa, I can help so many more people by not becoming a mother. And I have gone on to live a life doing that. Mm-hmm. and I have zero doubt that I you know, could not be the person that I am today who's done the spiritual work, the shamanic personal growth work you know, that I've done. If I was a mother, I would not be who I am today if I had chosen the path of motherhood. And it was made very clear to me in my own spirit, and that's how it came. Wow, I could help so many more children and people If I don't become a mother, that was very, very clear for me. And I have access to my spirit daughters, you know, to help me in that realm. But it took years. It wasn't until years later in my 40s, right, where this is the other thing that happens. Women start getting in their 40s. I mean, nowadays they tell you if you're 33, you're getting too old to have a child, which is a whole crazy, crazy crazy thing. But in my 40s, it was like, wow, I guess I really, I'm not going to have any kids, right? Then that comes up. Whoa, okay. I guess this is really real. And that is a whole process for women. I really want to encourage women to get support through that because there's very deep pieces of your psyche. Like, who did I imagine being? Who was the part of me that thought I would be a mother? How? What does she need to do to grieve? That that didn't happen. That that is a loss of some identity I thought I would have. Did and you go through that? Did you have a period? I did. I went through that, that a little bit, and that is the time when I was able not only to reconnect to my spirit daughter, to the power of that choice. All of a sudden, I remembered the day that I was there. I was working, and I was working in after school care. I was 24 I was working in after school care, and that's when it dawned on me, oh my God, right. <laughs> I became a, like, But what happened then was I start I reclaimed my conception. I reclaimed the fact that I had been pregnant. And I went back into the joy of that and the fullness of that and the way that my body loved being pregnant, the connection that I had to that spirit, to my womb. And there had been a whole, I wouldn't say a total numbness because I always was someone who was really into bleeding and working with my blood. And I was very connected to my cycles and, and the magical realms of blood mystery work. But there, something lifted then in my 40s where I could sit in the fullness of having, having a, an experience of the concept, conception side of that cycle. And so I want to really encourage women who have had a loss and maybe they haven't had a child um, to, to think about if they've been pregnant ever Um, Even it might occur to you now, oh, that really heavy blood or, you know, that month that I missed and then I had a heavy blood. Wow, that was maybe that I was pregnant because I feel like as we as women are dreaming the new world and more and more, you know, it's like we're the visionaries of the new world and the bringers forth of that. It's understanding the conceptive moments, right? We have to understand the death gate, the bleeding gate in the cycle. But I think a lot of us, unless we're just trying to get pregnant, and we're doing a bunch of fertility stuff, it's easy to just skip over the part when I'm ovulating, and I'm sexy, and I'm juicy, and I'm and I can, I'm conceiving something, I'm seeding something, I'm magnetic. And for that part of the juicy part of the female cycle, that even in this act, as we're talking about about womb loss, that we can come back to that as a place to renew our fullness and a sense of being of this the female power of of the potency. Yeah, you of, know,
0: it's, conception. It's interesting because I the first breath work um, that I ever participated in for for the ministry program that I did, we had to do you know so many breath works every year for the program, and I remember the first one I did. My daughter was six months old and. Um, I remember seeing very clearly, I was shown the moment of conception, the moment when the egg pulls the sperm in and the two cells become in that one moment, one cell, there's that, that act of unification that occurs in that single moment. And then that, and then it starts to divide and then it's no longer one. But, um, just the, how that what was shown to me in that moment was that that is the most sacred moment that exists, mm-hmm. and that as women we get to carry that in our bodies. And for me, it was a healing because I had a very traumatic experience with my daughter's birth, and I had a lot of postpartum depression, and um, you know it was a really hard time for me. And so to be shown that, like, hey, you carried that sacred like this is the most sacred moment that exists right and you carried that in your body right. like that is something to acknowledge and honor and and celebrate even though it didn't turn out the way you wanted it to you you know even though your body was like in your experience mutilated from the process even though um this happened and you're you're the carrier of that you're the carrier of
1: that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And to remember right here that we all did that. Like yeah. if you're listening to this broadcast, like if you're listening to this, we ha- we were that spark of light. Yeah. There's some videos I saw, they're a little bit augmented with chemicals, but where they literally are showing that when that conception happens, there's like an emission of light that happens. Mm -hmm. And like literally we are born, we are a spark of light, you know, and so we all did that. And so also knowing that, that we, we carry that within us as, as, as living beings, you know, that we, that we are a spark of light and that that conception is a spark of light and that that is such a mystery and
0: Whew, just bowing down to that, bowing down to that,
1: and yes, allowing and that, that, that to, women
0: that we we have the honor yes. to to carry that. And I I really think you know if you take nothing away from this from this conversation, may it be that that there is there is a sacred vessel inside of you that deserves honor and respect. Yes. And to come to know that place, the womb as portal,
1: that this place that is magical. And, and I think just uh, t- two more things that are coming. One about the infertility process for so many women and the invitation to really be with this, these things we're talking about right now, about the womb as sacred. Because a lot of times when you go into that journey, you know, there's a lot of medicalization and there's tests and hormone levels and a lot of things like that. And women that I've worked with, um, where we've worked in the sacred realms of creating an altar and working even with both of the partners, you know, what parts of you are afraid, what parts of you are ready. If there's been, you know, I just want to mention the whole intergenerational component. And if I was someone that, Either was it was an unwanted pregnancy, or what when when my mother got pregnant or my parents got pregnant, they were afraid or they weren't sure, or maybe there was a grandparent or one of their parents that very strongly didn't think they should be pregnant. Like all of those thought forms really impact our experience of growing in a womb, including if there was a miscarriage, uh, right before I, you know, let's say I was conceived and my mother had had a miscarriage, or in my particular case, my mother had given a child up for adoption. If there was a loss of any kind, then that womb, the last thing that happened in that womb was a death or a loss. Yeah. And the next child that comes it grows inside that environment. So it's really important to do the work to heal and experience that death gate so that the womb can become a place of life, life-giving life and that the child that comes next can really know that they are welcomed and because there will be the shadow of that loss and that grief, even the postpartum, even the depressions during childbirth and things like that, they now know like how much those things impact the children. So it's really important to, to tend to these places. And so particularly if you're on a fertility journey, um, looking at what are some of the historical intergenerational pieces that still want or need healing because in the conscious baby making uh, work that I do, you know, that work came as a request because in the work that I'm doing, I'm working also with the souls of the babies that the women are pregnant with and the souls that want to come. They made a very specific request of me to help, The women and the men, please, they were like, please help them prepare their bodies Mm. energetically, psychologically, sexually, financially, in the realms of their commitment because the awakened ones want to come and they don't want to have to fall asleep. They can't come if they have to fall asleep and they can't come if they have to process all this unresolved karmic, you know, intergenerational stories, different souls will come to take that on to do
0: that work. Right. Some
1: of them come to do that. Exactly. And some of them are the awakened ancestors coming back to awaken the, the good stuff in the inside of the blood, line as we've done all of our good work to cleanse and clear the histories and the histories of our bloodlines, then the awakened ancestors can actually come back into the bloodline and bring the gold forward. you know
0: Well it's so um, interesting you say that because that is actually the sense that I get around this little being that I'm carrying mm-hmm. right now is that when this being originally came in it was like okay I'm gonna dip in here and then it was like, whoa, you're not ready. For me, mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna move along. I'm gonna let son of the little warrior come in and clean some of this stuff up with you, um, and then I'll come back later. and mm-hmm. And I really got that hit, you know, like a a, a month or two ago um, when when I was really in my first trimester, and it was just like, wow, okay, yeah, this is the same being that was like you know what you got to work some stuff out before before you're going to be ready to to hold what mm-hmm. i'm holding because i really do believe our highest work as parents is is exactly what you just said is to hold our children so that they don't have to fall back asleep so that they don't forget who they are so that they come in always remembering so they don't have to go through the experience that so many of us went through where we forgot Mm -hmm. and now we're waking up again and remembering like we don't have time for that anymore. We need those beings to be coming into the planet right now who are just awake and they know they're awake. They know who they are. They know what they're doing here. And they don't have to go through the experience of falling back asleep yes, and waking up because that is absolutely. a really long and painful journey.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And in that realm, trusting... That if you did get pregnant and the situation wasn't perfect and the relationship wasn't perfect and a lot of things happened, to also begin to really, really trust that this soul also knows what it's getting into. And to call upon the soul of your child, even before they're born, you know, even while you're pregnant, and particularly after they're born, which is when it's, it's very easy to forget because, of course, they're in like a little human baby body and they're yeah, crying. Yeah, they're cute and shitting everywhere. You don't and speak their language. They're crying. You don't understand. But to remember that this soul is awake and conscious and knows what it came to do and invite them to help. Yes. This is part of what I do in the baby blessings after the birth. Like, let's everyone sit in the fact that we are already whole. Right? I mean, not to say that there's things I'm going to learn, absolutely, but this baby is already whole. Their soul is already here. Their beingness is already here. The gifts they've come to you know, unfurl and develop and bring are already here. And can we sit as a trinity? And I mean, this is the holy trinity mother, father, child, or two parents, child, or however that is um, that, that, that we can sit. And even as we're pregnant, we can call upon the wisdom of the soul. And that that baby spirit who isn't totally bound to its body yet while you're pregnant has access to all this magical realm. Mm-hmm. And so doing your good work while you're pregnant, mm-hmm. inviting the spirit, the soul, the being to help you know what work needs to get cleaned up so that they don't have to come in and pick that story up. Or oh, yeah, totally. Up. And also know that they're with your ancestors, you know, they're in that astral realm. And so what way do you need, you know, this is in the ancestral work where we're calling upon the awakened ancestors to really act as stand-behinds and to really act as guardians for the children so we start bridging the three generations at least and, you know, multiple generations and so also when you're pregnant calling upon your awakened ancestors to help clean up the bloodline because you're bringing forth a child of bringing into the future and the children are the carriers of the you know dreams of our ancestors and so there is there's a connection there and the more we can we can sit inside of that. And then that's, you know, where you may be confronted cause you're like, well, I didn't know my grandparents. My grandmother was, was mean to my mother. I don't talk to my mother. I don't talk to my
0: brother. Right. But there are ancestors way down the line,
1: way yeah. down the line, but it also, it can make you really aware like, Oh, right. Like my family feels broken to me. Yeah right? And that's one of the ways sometimes women are having babies and people are having babies, people that are adopted go through this a lot where they don't feel like they have any blood connection and part of why they want to have a child or what happens for them when they have a child is like, whoa, this is my only truly known blood relative, Mm -hmm. you know? And so these blood lines, these sacred blood mysteries, not just menstruation and pregnancy, but all of our ancestral work, like just sitting with the fact that there's grief there too. Like if I'm not talking to my mother or my brother or I had a break with a relative or, you know, there's grief there because our blueprint, you know, our divine blueprint is one of being connected. Yeah. And so the invitation to you know, come back around to not only the babies that are being born, but ourselves as babies that were born, that came in wanting to feel connected, wanting to bring the love that we are. And so there's always this opportunity to do our own work around family, just with ourselves, and that that's really important preparatory work as we bring in the children.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, well, we are coming towards the end of our time and I, I just, I want to thank you so much for having this conversation. I feel like, um, we, you know, we've gone through a lot of, a lot of journeys with it and, and there's, there's so much that we didn't get to dive into cause it's such an extensive topic. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. but I just want to thank you for the work that you're doing in the world and, and with this, it's so needed and so important. And yeah, thanks for, for being here with us today to, to oh. discuss this. Yes, I'm
1: just thrilled, and wanted to you know make an invitation for honoring the losses of the womb for my course, ongoingly, but one in October of this year, 2019, and just really just want to thank you for doing your work and for being a living, you know, you are living these mysteries as well. And so I'm really excited about reconnecting with you and thank you for everything that you're doing and for all the women and all the people that are raising this awareness and, you know, bridging into this truth-telling. It's truly revolutionary to kind of break the silence about some of these things that most women go through alone and to begin to, to move through these these places of birth and death and grief and loss and awakening together. So I really feel honored and dedicate all this beauty way to everyone and everything.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and to our listeners, thank you so much for being here for this conversation. If um, you know something has come up for you from this and you you want to work through it or process it, feel free to reach out to either. Um, <clears throat> Laura Layla or myself, and, um, and if you want to reach out to me, you can do so by joining the Superpowers or Real group on Facebook and um, connecting in with me there or sending me a private message on, on Facebook. I'm, I really want to hear your your voices, your thoughts um, what's moving for you around all of this. And so um, please reach out. And until next time, go out and love yourself so that you can love the world more deeply many blessings mm-hmm. many blessings are you ready to discover your
1: superpowers go now to superpowerexperts.com and to take the superpower quiz today